The Bible reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised the Lord, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then, with a, a, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all that were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, If I haven't met you before, my name's Kirsty, and my job this morning is to just spend a few minutes thinking about the passage from the Bible that Mark's read for us. So just before we do that, let's pray. Lord God, please help us to hear what you're wanting to say to each one of us and us as a church together this morning. Amen. So this Sunday is the last Sunday of a season called Epiphany. Do you want to come and do it? That'd be so much easier. No? Okay. Um, This season follows Christmas, and it starts with the story of the visit of the Magi to come and see Jesus. So wise men, kings, Magi, people with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it ends with this, it actually ends on Friday, 
if you come to church more than one day a week, um, but we we're learning about it today with the presentation of Jesus at the temple. Any of you who would like some homework, uh, your task before you see me next week is, could you do research, please, on the celebration of Candlemas and report back and tell us what it is that we should be doing that maybe we aren't. <laughs> Does that sound like fun? Can you Google Candlemas for us? Um, so we could sum up Epiphany as being a time to focus on Jesus as the light of the world. We've already had a candle. We've talked about Jesus being the light of the world in the words we used this morning. I think I should just go and sit down, really. <laughs> What's going to happen when we realize we've dropped the dummy? And we're okay with postcards. Right, good. Um, so up until this point, people had been thinking the light of the world would be coming to the Jewish people, which is the group Jesus was born into. Um, but now we're thinking about the idea of Jesus being as a light revealed to all nations, including the Gentiles, which is a bit of a fancy word for everybody who wasn't Jewish. So the story Malk read to us this morning is particularly relevant today because Chelsea and Reese have brought Arlo. They haven't brought along a couple of pigeons or doves and we haven't had to do a ritual sacrifice up the front. It's all been a bit less messy than that. Um, but Mary and Joseph were taking Jesus to the temple for a ceremony that marked the start of him being a member of the worshiping community. And Arlo has taken his first steps today to be a part of God's family here and possibly a vicar up the front. Um, so thinking about the story that Mal read to us, I wonder what picture you see in your mind's eye as you think about that story. Are Mary and Joseph starting to get used to angels and other strangers randomly visiting them or unexpectedly talking to them about this new baby? Or is it still coming as a bit of a surprise, I wonder? Maybe passers-by are stopping to listen to what Simeon and Anna are saying, or possibly they're just hurrying about their own business in the temple. If other people in the temple are involved, do they think that what they're hearing is from God and feel excited to be part of this moment, or do they see a pair of old cranks getting rather excited about nothing? This passage is one of three. If, you, if you've got a chance to look at the whole chapter two of the book of Luke at any point, there's three chunks, all of which focus on things that are said about Jesus. Firstly, what we all know from the Christmas story and nativities, the angels turn up in the sky and address the shepherds and tell them that this newborn baby who they'll find in Bethlehem is the long-waited-for Messiah, the Lord, and that this is going to be good news for all people. In the third section, which comes just after our reading, Mary and Joseph have to search for three days before finding Jesus in the temple. And it's the young Jesus himself who says about himself, did you not know that I would be in my father's house? And in the middle section, which is our reading for today, we hear Simeon speaking, inspired by the Holy Spirit, declaring that he is at that moment in time seeing God's salvation with his own eyes. Simeon and Anna don't turn up anywhere else in the Bible, but this passage does tell us a little bit about their circumstances. Before we hear his prophetic words in verses 25 to 27, we find out that Simeon was someone who was clearly tuned in to listening to God a man who gave time and attention to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And when I read those bits about Anna, I have a bit of a picture in my head of my granny, someone who's, she wasn't widowed very young, she didn't sleep in the corner of the church, but she did live into her late 80s, and I and other people knew her as a very wise lady 
who spent many, many years trying to live with and for God. So that's kind of the image of Anna I've got in my head. I'm not sure what people's attitudes to older people were in first century Palestine, but I do know that in the 21st century, folks sometimes dismiss the opinions of our older members of society, maybe thinking it's a bit outdated. And I also know that it is unusual for a woman to be named as a prophet in the Bible. As a widow, possibly without children, it doesn't tell us, she might have been seen as rather low status member of society. And yet here we have in this passage, a man and a woman from the older generation being the very clear mouthpiece of God. He's chosen to share through them some amazing news about what is called the consolation and salvation and redemption which God is bringing to both Jews and Gentiles. So this might encourage us that a long life of faithful everyday service is just as valid in God's eyes as the moments of more upfront or out, out there obvious mission. So whatever your relationship with God is like, please don't fall into the trap of thinking that God only uses a certain kind of person. Age, education, life circumstances and experiences, none of those, I think, are deciding factors in whether God can and will use us for what he wants to do. But although God can use anyone, I think there is usually some degree of willingness and availability on our part involved. The reading suggests to me that God was able to speak through Anna and Simeon because they chose to draw near to him through worship and prayer. Yes, this passage tells us that their messages were divinely inspired, the Holy Spirit was involved, but it wasn't an unexpected bolt out of the blue that they heard from God. I think they heard God speaking to them because they were already listening. Unlike Anna, I don't think we can really spend all of our time in the church building, but we can serve God and others in our church building and in all sorts of other places. And whether we're at home or out and about, we can follow her example in terms of prioritizing praise and worship and prayer, giving God his rightful place at the center of our thinking and our actions. Simeon and Anna, I think, saw God acting and heard him speaking because they were looking and listening, living in that expectation. So our reading has told us that the birth of Jesus is the next step in God bringing salvation to a growing community of both Jews and Gentiles. Community was and is very important to Jewish people, partly because of this history. And when I think back to a few years ago, the limitations of all those lockdowns that we lived through brought uh, an understanding of us, to us of how important our various communities are maybe more important than we realized up until the time when they were taken away from us. In the 21st century, though, we're often encouraged to see ourselves as significant individuals rather than just one of the crowd. We know it's important for us to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but God has also made us part of lots of different communities where we can also shine his light. Some of that takes place in the church building, and a lot of it will mean reflecting Jesus' light in other communities that we are part of. So our families, our neighborhoods, school or college, our workplaces, or the places we go to to follow our interests or hobbies. And I don't think that the only way to shine Jesus' light is to stand up and preach. A group of people might have gathered round and heard what Simeon and Anna were saying about Jesus, but it may have been mainly a chat with a young couple about their new baby, not necessarily for everybody else to overhear. So what do those reflections of two people a long time ago 
have to do with us this morning. As we come to the end of this first month of 2024, can we join with Simeon and Anna in praising God for the privilege of seeing the Christ child who was bringing God's light and salvation into the world? Way back on the morning of New Year's Eve, Brian invited us to make a resolution together to bring Jesus' light and love to the needs that we see in others. Now that we're four weeks into the new year, it might be a good time to review how we can reflect Jesus' light and please our loving Heavenly Father with the way that we choose to live our lives as we keep going in the months of this year. Might we make or revisit any resolutions we made to help us be like Anna and Simeon who could hear what God was saying to them because they were listening carefully. So I'm just going to pray and then give us a little bit of time of silence to think about what on earth has this story got to do with us?